This week, we will be talking to Zara Bradley, who is a female bodybuilder uh, in the same coaching group that we're both in for our own bodybuilding. Yeah, she's been doing it for a few years, and uh, we'll just get her online, and here we go. Here we are again this week. We'll be talking to a female bodybuilder, which we're quite excited about. Um, personally, I've never actually met a female bodybuilder. Haven't you? No. You haven't been to any shows, though, have you? No, but even in gyms and stuff like that. So this is really quite interesting for me. No pun intended, but a real eye-opener. <laughs> <laughs> How are you doing, love? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not too bad, thank you. Long day, but it's been a good day, so I can't complain. But no, thanks for having me on the podcast. It's pretty cool. It's my first podcast. So, you know, can't complain, going off in the world and all that. I <laughs> know, we're looking forward to hearing <laughs> the story as well. Got Jordan here. Obviously, we're socially distancing as well. Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> so just tell us a bit about about you really what how you got into it and yeah what you've been doing yeah no so um so obviously yeah I'm Sarah Bradley I've, I've been um doing it so I've been always been really sporty um I've literally been a, the minute I left the womb I've been sporty so like I've, I've been powerlifting I've done running athletics football you name it I've done it um but I mainly got into bodying about three years ago in 2018 where I sort of thought I powerlifted for about a couple of years before I did bodybuilding um and that was really good I got a couple of world records in that and that was you know it's a part of my chapter of my life that I really enjoyed um so I naturally thought oh let's give bodybuilding a go and that's when I officially bought Tom Haynes evolution training you guys know him um yeah. on onto the team onto the squad and we thought, oh, we'll just start down, see where it goes, and we ended up actually doing really well in my first two shows. So, you know, it's all really stemmed from there. Like I said, I've always been very sporty, but ever since we did those shows in 2018, we've it's stemmed from there. And you know, I love love it every day even more, and I enjoy it so much. So it's a massive part of my life now. It keeps me grounded, and I don't know what my life would be without it. As cliche as that sounds. <laughs> No, no, no. I think we can all relate to that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's, you know, and, um, yeah, it's literally just mainly from 2018 where I, I did my two first shows with the PCA. Um, I think my first one was in London. Ended up doing really well. I ended up winning my class and then winning the overall. Well and done. And we decided to, yeah, it was, you know, I sort of turned up and thought, oh, we'll just see how it goes like I wasn't really expecting anything and never done it before um and yeah I thought oh you know let's just give it a go meet people see how it is and then because I'm the most I'm about as graceful as a fish out of water when it comes to things to do with makeup and posing and um yeah you know (laughs) and uh I just got up on stage I had a bit of a ball had a bit of a laugh and then ended up doing really well and obviously got my British invite through that show and yeah I placed third in a third of the British and you know I, I was over the moon because I the, the women on the day were brilliant and the lady that won Michelle she was she's now a pro um she was brilliant and it was just such a great day great experience and I'm really looking forward to just doing it all again really next year so it'd be obviously a completely different different level but yeah, it's, I can't complain. For first year of competing, it was it was a real eye-opener eye and a real experience. So, yeah. How much, how much do you think this year's affected bodybuilding? As in, in like, with, with coronavirus and everything? Yeah. 
I think uh, I think it has affected it in a way where a lot of people well we all understand that mentally and mentally it's been a lot harder on a lot of people because this is our outlet this is what we see as something that you know we can have a bad day but there's always the gym always the gym's going to be there isn't it and I know as cliche as it sounds the weight the weights are always the same no matter where you go um and you know that if you've had a bad day you can just go to the gym you can just have an hour to yourself put your music in and just focus and I think because a lot of people have missed out on that for a large portion of the year bodybuilding may it has changed because obviously people aren't aren't in the mindset to compete it can take so long for you to be in the right mindset to be look I'm going to prep for 18 weeks I need to know that my head is right I need to know that physically everything's in check and we're ready to go whereas if you know if you're there and you're like oh am I going to compete yes okay let's do it oh no there's going to be another lockdown it is so hard to be able to set your mind right to prepare for a prep um and a lot of people think that maybe you know a prep is just oh, it's just 16 weeks but you have to be so clued up and ready to go from the very first day and I think without the gyms and without a set plan of what's going what's happening with COVID is I think it has affected bodybuilding a, a large portion to be honest and as well with people not being able to work not having the money they don't they can't afford to go and compete because it's it's not a cheap sport so without those funds they can't go and go and enjoy those days and you know get doled up especially as us women like our bikinis cost quite an extortionate amount so if you can't afford or have someone who makes your bikini who's willing to be able to spread the costs over however many months then it's quite hard to be able to afford a nice bikini because obviously on that day you want to show all your hard work but if you haven't got a nice bikini that it sort of finishes off or is the cherry on top let's say then you might not want to step on stage because you might not feel as confident so I think it has not bodybuilding quite a large amount this year definitely I mean what about you guys do you feel the same oh, definitely I yeah. think next year's competition is going to be insane because of all those people that didn't compete this year they're all going to be gagging to get that little bit more consistency at the start of the year so I think mid next year is just going to be ridiculous yeah. high standards yeah definitely I mean, I mean it makes for good competition but again if, if you're sort of wanting to maybe have a little less competition if it's someone's first show but no I totally agree I think everyone will come out the woodwork and be on another level well, I think even if they restrict numbers going into shows, it's going to make it difficult if you've got 100 people in like the men's physique or the bikini girl classes, the most popular classes, they may end up putting restrictions on the amount of people that can be there. That can make it quite difficult for us, I think. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Even with like the bikini as well. I mean, there's like 20 plus girls in that category. I mean, how are they going to, you know, cater for as many people that want to want to compete but you can't have that many people on stage because of covid so it's going to be interesting to see how a lot of the federations um work work a way around that or work out how they're going to do it to make sure that everyone's happy do you think that some federations might actually go under with this kind of stuff going on will they be able to survive i think i don't know i mean i reckon because a lot of people are very sort of dedicated to the federation and they're always supporting one another. So like through social media, sort of sharing posts and pushing posts and things. I think the main ones like PCA and two bros and sort of NABRA, I believe will be fine, but 
maybe yeah. possible up and coming ones. I mean, I know there's Fitex that are looking to be um, a big sort of uh, competitor with federations next year, but they are also associated with a large um, fitness expo. So they have other avenues where they get their money from. But I actually, in all honesty, think that a lot of federations are going to be okay because of going back to what you said about, or John, going back to what you said about, you know, a lot of the athletes are going to be coming leaps and bounds next year. If if these federations can find a way of, you know, getting athletes on stage safely and the amount of athletes that want to be there, I think a lot of the federations will actually be okay. Yeah. Um. If it's all right, can I just take you back to when you're saying about powerlifting and stuff like that? Yeah, yeah. Why? Why Why did you get into it? What was it? That's, well, oh, that looks heavy. I'm going to pick it up. <laughs> um, so it went back. So I went to university um, in Gloucester and I, I did sports therapy for three years. And um, I was part of the women's soccer team or football team. And we had strength and conditioning sessions sort of once, twice a week. Um, and I've been in the gym since I was about 11, 12, the minute I could get into a gym safely because I, I went to school and they used to have like a an hour for under 16 to go in, into the gym. And I used to do that ever since I was really young. And obviously I went to uni, so I, I had basic fundamentals of, of lifting and things like that. So I met a guy um, who was our strength and conditioning coach and he said, have you ever thought of powerlifting? So I've always been very quite strong. Um, I thought, nah, you know, I, I haven't really thought about it. Um, and I've only ever sort of deadlifted and squatted and benched for fun. And he thought, oh, you know, yeah. why don't you just do it seriously? So he took me on as like his part, like a little bit of, um, he had, uh, what's it called? It's just like a little thing that we did in uni where you had like a case study. That's it. Sorry. Um, and I was his case study throughout three years of university. And we, yeah, we went to, we competed our first show, our first competition was at Body Power, and I only ever did push-pull, just because, I don't know why, we just seemed to land in the push-pull, we never really squatted, or did a full meet, we always squatted, but we never did a full meet in the end, um, but yeah, we did the BPU, so the British Powerlifting Union show at uh, Body Power, and I, I think I won my, I won my class, and I had another, I think I was the best woman there or something like that along the line. It's been a long time since I've um, thought about powerlifting. But I, I think I broke a couple of records that day. Um, and then I from <laughs> from there, I went to um, the British powerlifting um, show, which was in Stoke-on-Trent. And I won, I think I won my class there as well. And I got another record as well, but it's been so long since I've even thought about powerlifting. I couldn't, I couldn't tell you what those records were in, but it was. No, done it. That's amazing. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was definitely experience. Um, and it is. It just opens your eyes up to how, not how different, but how, uh, like a, a powerlifting program training style and a bodybuilding training style, how different but yet similar they are in the way that. For example, I don't I don't deadlift anymore. I, I, I my body just doesn't react well to deadlifts because I used to deadlift so much. Um, parts of my body would just be overpowered. So, like for example, my traps, they just naturally grow very quickly. So from all the deadlifting, I was just my traps are just huge and they would just overpower everything. And I believe that with deadlifting, if you if you do too much, then 
you injure yourself and I did get quite injured at the end of my powerlifting sort yeah. of stint so because I was doing the same thing over and over admitted I had a, I had a very good coach when I was powerlifting um, but it was just the consistency of the same three lifts heavy loads all the time um, and with bodybuilding the training has to be intense yes but you can there are different methods of keeping that intensity high while not having to shift so much weight um, yes and it really opens your eyes up to you know delving into the training of bodybuilding training and powerlifting and yeah it, it really opens your eyes up and it makes you think a little bit more outside the box and how you can sort of utilize your training better but yeah it was a part of my life that I'm so glad I did because it it's only sort of set put me in a better place for bodybuilding um yeah definitely, yeah. definitely built a solid base that's that's the best way to put it the thing with with powerlifting you say it's, it's different to the bodybuilding splits but some of it will cross over what's the biggest difference for you so a lot of the movements that i did in powerlifting i don't touch now at all so um i don't squat anymore i do squat variations but i would never do a barbell squat the only barbell squat i would do now is like a box squat working on the higher portion so more glutes and more hamstring development um and i put that down to a lot of my leg development this this year um i train i do train my legs with a guy called conor mcmillan who works out of a gym called sups gym in western supermare um and i do i do do squat variations but i would never go near a barbell squat because i'm a firm believer that there are better ways of building your legs other than you that you don't need a barbell squat for because there are so many variables that are included in a barbell squat that if you don't get those variables right then you can't focus on you know putting more weight on the bar lifting it with perfect form and growing muscles under the intensity needed I mean there is a time and a place but I think even if you know for example if your ankle mobility is off that one day and you need to max or you want to go heavier on your barbell squat it'll affect the entire kinetic chain from your foot right to your shoulders because you know your ankle mobility is so key in a squat if you have bad ankle mobility then your squat is just going to be totally off for that day and it might you know mentally might affect you physically you won't be able to lift as much so I think that you know if you want to build your legs like myself I, I do hack squats I do a lot of tempo hack squats, so a lot of lighter weight, but a lot of longer sets. Um, yeah, more volume work. Yeah, exactly. I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of volume work. I mean, a lot of people nowadays with a lot of the social media um, influences going on around, sort of flying around. For me, I am very volume based. So, you know, I won't, I don't tend to do one set of failure work. I will do three, four, five, however many I feel I can do until I cannot do anymore and a lot of people disagree with that training but for me I am a very high I don't really my body doesn't really suit the one set failure kind of stuff um but going back to that I'm very I'm very similar to that actually Mm. I I cannot do one set failures and progress from yeah exactly and I mean I completely understand that we're all different and you know men women or whatever level you are at we're all very different and you know, some people can only do one set to failure because they put their heart and soul into that one set and that's them written off, that's it. But 
for me, if I did that, I would leave the gym feeling that I hadn't really achieved anything. And, you know, like I said, we're down, it's all sort of down to the individual. But for me, I need that volume. I need to feel that I can't do anymore. It's, it's, it's interesting, really, how many people really add, really push that one set to failure. But and sort of the minute you say, oh, I'm an advocate of a lot of volume training, it's a bit hush hush nowadays. But that yeah, I a huge advocate of volume. I can I can't really. I think it's interesting if you look at the older generation bodybuilders, they were more volume based. They were strong people, but they were more volume, and they had much nicer looks than some of the guys now oh, that yeah. are very very one step failure oriented. Yeah, yeah. There's a few British names you can think of straight off their head that I just think the physique isn't pretty. The slabs of muscle, mm. it's no longer pretty. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, a hundred percent. I mean, someone actually said to me the other day if you look at a lot of sort of Ronnie Coleman's era, how many of those boys or those men were doing push-pull legs? Do you know what I mean? you, none no. of them would, would do that kind of thing. I mean, I, I have nothing against, and I'm not sort of killing that idea of push-pull legs, but back in the day, they wouldn't do that. They would do your typical bro split, chest, back, shoulders, legs. And for me... I think that's the best. I'm typically a bro splitter. I love that bro split because I feel that it gives me enough time to focus on the body part that I, I want to essentially grow and and push and basically have a session where I can't do any more at the end. And I feel that pushable legs, you're doing, I don't know, sort of say you take a typical push where you do that with those four exercises for chest, two shoulders, and then one triceps. For me, two exercises on shoulders is not going to grow my shoulders. So right. it's, it's an interesting concept, really. But but again, yeah, if you look back at those those sort of bodybuilders back in the day, I I don't. I mean, maybe they were doing push pull legs, but I firmly believe that they weren't, and they were doing those typical bracelets, and that that's a lot of what contributed to their size and their looks. But it's interesting. Yeah, really. I've, I've I've been training. Uh, obviously, I haven't done a competition yet, and I still want to do one from fifty, but. I started training like self when I was a young mm. kid and it was about 30 odd years ago. Yeah. And I'd go to, I trained with a guy called Steve Nichols. He was Mr. Scotland oh. a long, long time ago. And uh, it was, it was a case of like, okay, we're going to do a back workout. And it, it weren't a lot of different exercises, mm. but well, you felt yeah, it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This guy was huge. He's like, you know, the fifty-two inch chest. Oh, he was six yeah, foot two. Yeah, yeah. He was a big oh, guy. And um, like we, trust me, I'm nothing like that. <laughs> I'm like, I was like, like his leg, and um, and it, it, we'd go and train, and it, he would obviously have the adjust the weight for him, but we'd both walk out of that gym, well, crawl out of that mm. gym, absolutely back, and we weren't in there for four or five yeah, hours. Yeah. We in it. get the job done and and know we've done yeah. it. And I think nowadays you get a lot of people that go into the gym and they'll do ridiculous amounts of stuff and still walk away and go, oh, that was great. Yeah, I feel yeah good. exactly. No, you should... yeah, well, I don't get that. Well, you've got to take the selfie at the end of the workout. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> It's one thing that I hate about training in a commercial gym at the moment is just everyone posing. In the oh mirrors. yeah, but the commercial gyms sometimes have the better lighting. So, 
Well, yeah, I'll do that. <laughs> but yeah, I bet you get a lot of the selfie monsters in the commercial gyms. Yeah, there's a lot of them. Um, can I just ask you, like, how was you... Look, I've got loads of questions to ask you. Guys. I've never met a female bodybuilder, so... I've got yeah, fire away. So, sorry if I... I've That's right. about it. But what was it like, one, getting support from family and friends when you said, this is what I want to do? Yeah, so... So my, so my sister, she's, she is very much uh, my right hand man to say she will always support me. And she's, she's always been there for me. So she came to my British show and she was, you know, the loudest woman in the, in the crowd. And she, she was brilliant. My dad, he's, um, he's, he's, he will always support me, uh, but he won't, he won't do it in a way that's in your face kind of thing. He will always, he will always, if I need something, he will always be there. I'm, I'm very, very lucky um, with, my, you know, my family and the support that they give me. And they've always supported me no matter what I, what I want to do. If I turn around one day and said, look, I want to ride a motorbike on fire, they'd probably support me just as long as I was doing it safely. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly so um and unfortunately I lost my mum when I was I when I was very young I was about 10 um but she she was yeah. back in her day she was a bodybuilder yeah oh, so awesome. I, you could say I'm, I'm quite blessed with the genetics that I have but I do put it down to her because she was she was she was a bodybuilder up until she married my dad and then she had kids and obviously it, it went down the drain from there but um but yeah so I'm sure somewhere wherever she is she's supporting me 100% and you know it's yeah, uh, but I'm I'm really lucky and you know my my partner she's she's I can't even she's brilliant she will she's she's always there because she sees the darkest days and the best days and when I did my prep for the shows in 2018 she did the last two three weeks with me um and I think it is hard to find someone who admires someone for doing as weird a sport as bodybuilding. I mean, it, it, when you think what bodybuilding is, it's essentially just dieting yourself down to some ridiculous percentage of body fat. But you look amazing, but you feel awful. And But for those five minutes on stage, it, it's so worth it. And the support I do get from her is, is second to none. So I am, I'm very lucky in that sense. And, you know, my best mates, are the same, they're always, always there. They're always supporting me. Um, so I have, I have a very good circle of people. It's not large, but I, that's how I like it. I like a small certain amount of people in a circle that are not going to be yes men. You don't want a yes man all the time. You want someone to, no, exactly. You want someone to be like, it could be better. You're looking good, but it could be better. And I have those and I, I'm very lucky. I, you know, I, I wake up with a smile on my face every day, so you can't complain. And happiness is the most important thing. You know, you've got to make sure that you're happy yeah. in what you do and, and everything. So, yeah, they support me a huge amount. So I'm very lucky. Do you get any grief? Well, not grief might be the wrong word. But have you ever met like where you've gone into a gym and there might have been some, some guys there who their ego's a bit bigger than their delts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they feel like, so, and they sort of, um, I don't know, maybe sizing up, saying, what, what, what are you doing here, kind of attitude. Yeah. Do you, do you, do you, do you ever come a, across A couple that? times, not not often. Um, I did have it more when I trained in commercial gyms. 
Um, but the two, the couple gyms I train yeah. in now, there a lot of people are very like minded, so they just kind of support you. But I, I did get it quite badly in commercial gyms back in the day when I was at uni. I would train in commercial gyms. And yeah, some of them. Some, yeah. I mean, I was once. There was this one time I was just deadlifting um, one day, and I was there just you know, resting between sets. And I had this guy come up to me, and he looked at me and was like, "Are you are you using that bar?" And I was like, "Well, yeah, I'm using it." And so he just came over, just did one rep, put it back down, slammed it back down, and just just like screamed and then just walked off and you think you think what 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 are people getting getting out of that when you're you just one rep the same as like a 17 18 year old girl and then you just walked it was it's interesting you get some funny fog in like commercial gyms but that's the only time it's really happened I don't tend to get bothered otherwise but yeah that was yeah. an interesting day that was <laughs> yeah, I can imagine. Actually. But yeah, no, I'm I'm tend to be I tend to keep myself to myself, and then like I said, the people in the gyms that I I train in, they're all really good good people. So yeah. I mean, you get the odd one that you know gives you a bit of a stare down, but you know you just get on with it. It's going to come some sooner or later. Well, that yeah. might happen when you pick up to bicycle. Most guys <laughs> yeah. bench pressing, yeah. so it's a bit unusual. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, 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 it was just interesting because, like you said, I was uh, I worked in a commercial yeah. gym for ten years as a manager, and we used to the, a lot of the clients I, I I've met and worked with. They used to say to me, "I really want to go in the free weights. Mm. I want to use free weights." But I feel yeah, like yeah. And I, no, 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 we'll go in there. And we'll start training, them and I'd get them comfortable. They wouldn't know what to do with free weights because they're sticks yeah. and machines all the time. They started using free weights and they might only know four or five exercises yeah yeah i'd love it but then you could feel like people staring and stuff like that and i think don't be daft they're here trying to do better themselves change their lives be a better person and they're enjoying themselves yeah yeah i totally i totally agree i know a lot of a lot of girls that i speak to don't want to go into the free weights and you think uh, you know you're there you're all there for the same reason and don't don't care what other people thinking just do what you need to do and it's quite quite sad really but you know it's just mm. that social stigma isn't it of oh there's a woman I mean I I don't really see many girls in commercial gyms doing like chest training do you know it's always glutes and hamstrings you never really see a girl bench pressing mm. or doing arms and stuff it is always glutes and it's a shame really because I don't know whether that is just because they're scared of going to free weights and doing a slight like upper body session or having someone look at them training chest but it yeah I mean a lot of girls are like I don't want to go to the free weights and it is a shame that it's like that but like you said once you sort of introduce someone to it and you know show them that it isn't actually as bad and and they start to enjoy it that's you know that's ideal but it's a shame that you have to show someone that it's not that scary yeah I think it's an untapped potential for some girls out there young girls that want oh, to get definitely. into the sport whether it's powerlifting or bodybuilding, they're just too yeah, intimidating. Yeah, which is I 100% a shame. agree. I think it'd be really interesting to watch more women come into it and look at the genetic pool Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. That's an interesting one. Definitely. You, you think how many men compete in um, and, and the genetic variety across the board and compare that to just how small, really, yeah, the group yeah. of women are? Yeah. And I think there's so much untapped genetic potential and possibly a few 
very high level champions that will never even know that yeah, they've got the potential to be there. Yeah, that's an interesting thought, really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Got some. Well, it's that. It's sort of. Uh, I think it's still fifty-two percent of adults are overweight, and you sit there and go, "Well, ten packs are <laughs> extremely rare." Things like that. We don't know the genetic mm. potentials of a lot of people. They've, they're too mm. go down that road. Yeah. I think, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of um, stereotyping about bodybuilders as well. Bodybuilding yeah. as a whole, yeah. definitely. Yeah. But even more so on the women's side, I think. Yeah. Well, like, obviously, supplementation comes into it and stuff like that. When you think, you know, a woman bodybuilding, and they, they straight away, they, they start thinking yeah. the worst yeah. side of it. They don't think about, like, the bikini side of it, the posing you have to do, the makeup, the hair. They think, oh... Yeah. I bet they shave. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, well, it's 2020. And I was like, yeah, come on. Yeah, that's it, isn't it? They just uh, they just tend to a lot of, again, it's social media is they take the, the negative part of anything and like they don't see the hard work that's gone into 18, 20 weeks of prep. They don't see the money that's been found. They only ever yeah. tip, see that final package and you know a lot of people see that final package is oh you know she must be absolutely pumping herself full of you know steroids because she looks like a man when a lot of these women actually don't they they just are a bigger girl they still look beautiful and feminine Mm. but they seem to still think oh she must have cheated or something like that and it's just such a taboo subject when really you know yes there's a risk to you know steroids and things but if you're smart enough about what you take if you get your sort of blood and everything checked regularly if you have a good coach and like I can't express enough especially as a woman having a coach that understands a woman's body and how it works especially when steroids are involved um, is so important because as a woman there's much higher risks but you know even even if someone takes a small amount of stuff people just automatically think, oh, that's it. That doesn't matter about hard work. It's just all steroids. Do you know what I mean? And that, that it's a shame that it's... Yeah. Oh, we'd all be walking yeah. around like Ronnie yeah. Coleman if that was yeah. true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's the thing. And people don't, as you say, with social media and stuff like that, it, unfortunately, there's a lot of people on uh, Instagram, for example, that yeah. will lie yeah. about what they do. And the, they look... Uh, amazing but they won't say what they've done no, oh, yeah. I'm and it's obvious as well yeah. I'm like no yeah. just shut up <laughs> yeah they're, they're selling I think the, the, the gym shark crew were awful yeah I, I mean I've heard that there's like a, a some like a clause in their contract where they can't actually admit to using steroids or something like that yeah but then there's not admitting to anything and then plastering it all over your yeah. Instagram bio that you're natural when clearly you're yeah, yeah. Dif- it's like the, the two men's physique guys that made it to the Olympia. I don't care what class you're in. If you're at the Olympia, yeah, there's you're something not funny yet, going on. <laughs> uh, mm. <laughs> no, I, I just think it's interesting the way we think like society should grow and change and adapt. But sometimes there's still little pockets of it that's still a bit... Yeah, exactly. Ages, I mean, really. I do think that it is down to people who don't understand bodybuilding, maybe especially the darker side of bodybuilding, let's say, they just don't have the knowledge in mm. what it's about. So a lot of people, 
again, going back to women and steroids, is they think the minute a woman injects or takes steroids, she's immediately going to turn into a bloke, which isn't the case. But I think a lot of people think it is. So they think, oh, she's obviously going to turn into a man now, which it is not the case. But because people think it is, that's why it's such a taboo subject or such a, a, a subject that isn't mm. spoken about really. With, I mean, it's much, much better nowadays, but it's still quite, you know, men would talk about it probably more than a woman would about it. You see what I mean? Yeah. The thing is, if people, um, I know some people are just not that way inclined, but for me, I love to like learn about research and stuff like that. And science papers, mm. I, I listen to a lot of audio books. And, uh, and the histories of some steroids and yeah. that were actually for women. Yeah. A long time like that, mm. in the 50s mm-hmm. and 60s. For yeah, I mean, some of them, I think, I can't remember what one it was, but one was used for sort of um, cancers. And I think it was breast cancer, I think I read somewhere. Yeah. Oh, that's that it. Yeah, that's why I read cancer. it. And yeah, and it's crazy actually how they've gone from, you know, cancer treatments to being used in bodybuilding. But the history of some of them is crazy. Anavar, for example, was really well. common and it was used for muscle wasting in women and children. It was, mm. yeah. That's when even kids were getting it. Yeah. And that was back in the 70s. It wasn't mm. even a massive period of time no. ago. Yeah, no, it's not, no. things, I suppose it is. Um, but even the knowledge in the last five to five to seven years for for steroids has evolved and adapted mm. so much in general usage. I think a lot of people. Yes, live in yeah, yeah, hundred times. I totally agree. Yeah. I think part of the problem as well is, is the boyfriends that think they know how to <laughs> use steroids after one cycle and they get their girl. Yeah. Test and trends is all they know. How to <laughs> the use. typical boyfriend cycle is yeah, that's a common one. That's quite interesting. <laughs> The, the damage done that is incredible, but I think that still aids to the the, the problem. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah I totally it. agree. And then the boyfriend getting the drugs from some random guy in a gym, claiming that they're the real thing and they're really not. That's a good one as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your thoughts on women's bodybuilding in the Olympia? Because obviously that was taken out a few years ago. They're looking at bringing it back, and that obviously plays a huge role in the image mm. of. I think it's I think it's actually awesome because it gives those larger women a platform to show off again. Um, when you take someone like Iris Kyle, for example, she's she had that platform taken away from her and she she aced it for so long. And yeah, I think she, what, she won Miss Olympia like nine times, didn't she? I don't even is it more? I can't remember. Wow. I no. think it's 10 years she won it because she holds Ah, that's it. Yeah, I knew it was like nine or 10, but it was interesting because she was, they'd obviously a lot of the Generation Iron films, they had a portion of her in it. And she was saying that, you know, they took her baby mm. away from her. She worked so hard for 10 plus years to get on that stage and they took that baby away from her. And people were saying that they don't like the look because obviously these women are slightly more, are a lot more masculine in a way that obviously the cycles that they run are a lot, a lot higher a lot, a lot more hardcore than the other sort of categories. But Iris Kyle just said, you know, it's not a beauty pageant, it's it's a bodybuilding show. I mean, yes, you have to have that level of femininity like within the categories, but it is about, you know, the body. It's about symmetry, it's about shapes, about muscularity. It's not about whether someone is drop-dead gorgeous or not. I mean, 
you know, these women know the risks that they're taking and they want to take those risks for something that they can, they truly love. But if they're taking those risks or if those risks have already been taken and they can't show off their hard work, then it, I think it's really upsetting. So, you know, I think it's awesome that bodybuilding or women's bodybuilding is slowly being drip fed back into federations because it gives these women a chance to, you know, a chance to show themselves off again. And I think it's awesome. Mm. do you think it'll affect the image or perception on women though having it come back in having that exposure to that extremity again? quite possibly i mean it's a tough one really it could go either way either way just that's interesting really because i don't think it would have it is a huge extremity and it is a, a, a small portion of competitors will ever even have the genetics to get to that level let alone mm. actually want to take the risks there's two sides but it is still such an extremity when you see some women come yes, in more yeah yeah than it's crazy i mean i don't think it would affect the image so much i mean obviously you get those those people that are going to be like oh it's so horrible but but i think because of the industry and because of the people that want these women on the stage they'll get nothing but praise for getting back on stage it's just those those people that aren't interested in it that will start making it look bad but I think it will it will be good because it's coming back and it will make the fitness industry look good but then you'll see like I said you'll have those people that think are oh, why they bring it back when it is just it's it's ugly but it's you know if you know exactly what they've gone through to get on stage you appreciate how hard they've worked kind of thing if you see what I mean definitely to me it's always been even before like I even thought about even doing a show like years mm. ago. Oh, it's an extreme sport. What you what you put yourself through, the training, the, the cycles, what the food stuff that the, the pressure you can put yourself under mm. is a massive thing. Yeah. Like you say, for five minutes stage. It's mm. commendable. It's brilliant. Well, how many sports are you starving yeah, yourself exactly, yeah. to perform even harder? Yeah. There you go. I don't know. When you get to a marathon, you do the carb up in the, the few days before. Whereas mm. hell, we're starving yeah. ourselves until literally mm. a few exactly. days before for five minutes. Yeah. And you're on the stairs for two hours and your best mix still <laughs> yeah. you get fat when you've got striated glutes. It's, yeah, it's mad. But you say it's the drive, yeah. it's the passion, it's the love for the sport. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. People through and it. I think as well, it is, it's, you know, it's taught me to be grounded. It's taught me discipline and and I think a lot of people do strive off that discipline and, and that, that routine. I love routine. So when we're in prep, the routine of, you know, getting up, doing your cardio, doing whatever, eating your meals, then going to bed, doing all exactly the same day. People that strive off routine, I think, make the best bodybuilders because they love it. They love the routine. They love the, you know, being so driven. It, I think that's why... Um, bodybuilding is, is so different because not no other sport has it has routine it has you know you get up train get home eat your meals but you don't have a prep where you're starving every day but you love what you're doing kind of thing if that makes sense yeah yeah and plus you've got to fit this in around everything else that you yeah, do in exactly. your life whether it's work family yeah i mean not everyone so has these massive uh, sponsorships that pay the bills so some people do it on a nine to five. Do you know what I mean? 
Yeah. Yeah, and you're a couple grand deep in a nine to five. You watch your yeah, gym exactly, memberships, your yeah. supplements, your food. Yeah. You coach. And then in, in women's case, the bikinis that start. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my, I was very point. lucky in the sense that uh, my first bikini, I had Mags. Um, I can't remember the top, the, the, her bikini name, but she was brilliant. I, I was very low on money at the time. I gave her £100 and just said, do whatever you want with it because I, I'm not good with bikinis. I'm not good. I'm, I'm, I'm very much a tomboy, so I, I don't really like all the glitz and glamour. If I could go on stage in my underpants, I literally would go on stage in my underwear, like, because that's just, I just don't really like the glitz. I'm the only woman that doesn't like it. But um, but this year, the, my bikini is about £250. It's crazy, but I'm very, I'm in very fortunate in a, in a better position this time round. But, yeah, the bikinis are... are some of them are so expensive. Uh, How I many times twice. will you wear bikini? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. So £50 a pop. £20 pound posing pants. Yeah. I'm getting a sock. This has been really no, good. thank I you. It. Sorry if I'm a bit like all over the place. I, I've never really like I've never really spoken about stuff like this before on, on a podcast. So it's 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 really fun. Thanks for having me. No, no, no. It's what we want. It's, it's just been a pleasure. Yeah, which one? As I say, it's interesting for me. Um, obviously, mm. you know Jordan and stuff like that. So yeah, it'd be um, great. To, it'd be great at some point as well. Guys. That'd be sick. Have a session uh, in and stuff. No, well, exactly. Yeah, we want that open so... up again. Yeah, we have to all just grab down and go to the row room. Yeah, definitely. No, so are you, are you a PT um, as I well? don't have Sorry. a PT qualification. It's something that I have thought about, but um, at the moment, with the sort of jobs that I run at the moment, it I don't really I don't really fancy doing it. It is something that I have thought about doing in the future, though. So that's hopefully something that will pop up in the next few years. I was just wondering if anyone who's listening wanted to follow you or find out a bit about you. Have you got Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, so um, my Instagram is, I actually never know. I think it's it's small but mighty 20. um, And that's the main sort of social media I use for my bodybuilding. Um, So if anyone wants to give me a follow, I'd really appreciate it. Yeah, sick. Yeah, cool. Yeah, no, I'm good. No, well, I really appreciate. It. I, I say this has been yeah, great. No, Thank you very no much. Problem. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you too, guys. See you cool. soon. Take care. All right, bye, bye. Bye.